Hello and welcome to Frankie's Falcons, the podcast where we talk to fantastic staff members here at Cedar Crest College to learn more about the majors and other opportunities available. This is a part of our Afternoon with Honors project and we hope you enjoy. Thank you. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Larry Corino. I am director of the forensic science program at Cedar Press College. So, what's your major? What's the program? And how did you come to be here at Cedar Crest? It's a lot. Big question. <laughs> well, it's a big question. Um, the forensic science program here is a traditional criminalist criminalistics program. Um, in what is typically referred to as the generalist model, meaning that um, we look at forensic science as a unique discipline and in not just an application of other, other sciences. And really what it is, is, is how do you use science to reconstruct a past event? Now, I think most people associate forensic science with criminal events, but it may not necessarily just be that. It's just really any past event. And depending on the information that can be obtained from a crime scene or any other delineated space, um, how one goes about finding out who and how um, usually can fall within in the biology realm or the chemistry realm or the physical sciences realm. And so what we try to do is, is, is try to teach students to understand how science can be of use in those kinds of situations. Um, I came here um, almost two decades ago because um, I, uh, I was looking, to, looking for an, an, ac- an academic position and um, I had heard about Cedar Crest from a a former graduate who I worked with in New York um, who had a very good experience here and when I interviewed, um, although I didn't take the position at first, um, I was very impressed with with the infrastructure and the commitment that the administration had to the sciences and when I eventually did come here, it was something that I knew I would not need a five-year plan to to put together a good program. I knew this was the, the sort of place where we could do something of quality quickly, mm-hmm. and I think we were able to do that. Yeah, I think so too, and I'm a little biased. <laughs> what does the forensic science major entail? Like, what are some of the classes, and what sorts of experiences do you get here? Well, I mean, for, for the undergraduate level, um, you know, you could really think about, you know, the courses that students take um, in much the same manner as you would, you know, think about courses in any other science major. You know, one course builds upon the other. And so we, we have students who take, you know, 100 level courses in chemistry and in physics and in biology to really start to build that scientific foundation. And, and we build off of that foundation by upper level science classes at the 200, 300 level. And within that, um, there are forensic science courses. And um, the way we look at it is, is everything from the crime scene to the courtroom. 
so we do have a course in crime scene pattern examination and you know courses dedicated to different types of evidence that may be encountered trace evidence microscopy uh, forensic biology forensic chemistry and we also offer the last course last forensic science course is a professional issues course which deals with legal issues professional issues courtroom testimony um, a major part of our program is research um, students every one of our students will spend at least a year in research and hopefully more uh, because we think that's really the best teacher for someone who who wants to you know have a career in science whatever science it is mm -hmm. and so um, that's that's a big aspect of it um, a lot of our students also have the opportunity to do internships it's not required here um, but uh, you know and, and students who apply for for internships tend to do that between their junior and senior year and um, you know we've had students who I think have done internships in about 20 different states a couple wow. of foreign countries um, and it, it just gives students kind of a you know an idea of what a a professional forensic science laboratory is and mm -hmm. how it operates what are the jobs available with a forensic science degree well the job market has never hasn't really changed much in the last 20 years there are jobs available um, many of us thought that the kind of bubble would level off but um, I just got an email today from the director of the, the Indiana State Police system saying that you know they're going to be having you know openings and informing essentially feedback accredited programs of, of the possibilities for employment um, there are good opportunities for students although I, I think you know students with a master's degree I think have an advantage over students with just a, a bachelor's degree um, the jobs are there and if, if students particularly if they're willing to cast a wide net um, you know meaning to kind of expand where they would consider to go geographically uh, their chance of finding a job I think is really good and you know most of the jobs are in drug examination or toxicology or DNA but we have students who do trace work and crime scene work and and you know positions are available uh, systems expand people retire people leave their position and and so um, you know it is it is a good you know discipline for finding employment in that discipline that's true crime's not gonna go anywhere so mm -hmm. it's always gonna be a job you mentioned FEPAC. Would you talk about the advantages of going to a FEPAC accredited institution? Well, I, there is, you know, a, a lot of those advantages are a little difficult to quantify. But as I said, I just got an email from the director of the Indiana State Police Crime Lab. If we were not FEPAC accredited, I would not have gotten that email. And, and so you do have more and more employers who are looking for students with who come from feedback accredited programs um, it doesn't mean you have the world's greatest program but it does mean that you meet at least a minimal 
proficiency in the standards that have been set by the accrediting board. And, um, you know, our advantages are, as I think many of the students who come to this program, both on the undergrad and the graduate level, do so because we're on that list. Yep, I'm one um, of them. <laughs> and, you know, at the undergraduate level, if you look at it, that there are about 30 schools on that list and about 300 schools who are not on that list. Um, I, I think we're, you know, certainly I consider our program to be a top-tier program. I think most people would also. Um, and, you know, I, I think it, it, it will provide opportunities for students. And uh, as I said, you know, employers, many employers, not all, but a lot of employers look for, you know, the feedback accreditation mm-hmm. um, but I also think they they are helpful with looking at internships and jobs and um, although we haven't taken much advantage of this as yet but I do think it will it helps in you know grant opportunities mm-hmm. uh, which I think in the near future we're going to be pursuing more and more mm-hmm. and so the master's there is a master's program here for forensics, and I know that it's done slightly differently than other master's programs. Um, would you speak on that as well? Well, I, again, I, I think there's a philosophical difference where um, we have a generalist program. We don't have our students track in any particular discipline, and most of the other, you know, if you will, feedback accredited graduate programs have students do that. Um, I've never been convinced that the there is any benefit to that and if someone could show me some data on how that is a benefit I'd be certainly willing to listen but um, the metrics that we use to assess our program I think are really good Um, and and so I I think it's a model that certainly works for us Mm -hmm. Um, I do think our our research expectation is higher than most schools Um, and in fact our our site team uh, for our last feedback evaluation, which was about a month ago, made that uh, somewhat a point of contention that they thought that perhaps we might be a little unreasonable in our <laughs> expectations, which we don't think we are. Um, but I, I do think we have a, a stronger commitment to research than most, not all. I mean, I, I you know we are, you know certainly you know faculty who teach at R1 institutions. Um, have a, a greater commitment to research than the faculty who don't. Um, but I, I think it's something that I think kind of distinguishes. And the fact that since our program has started, 31% of our graduates have had have been named first orders on pub, first authors on publications, I think speaks to that. Yeah. And that's a number that, that we, we truly hope will become higher. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that we have, like, it's a smaller school, so it's able to have the research opportunities Mm -hmm. uh, because we can work. Yeah, I I think that's true, too. I I think, you know, I think students in our program have greater access to laboratories than they do at big schools. Yeah. Um, You know, I know schools may have really great resources and great laboratories, but um, they're often unavailable, particularly for undergraduate students, because mm-hmm. they're being used in other capacities. And um, you know, you have a program with three or four hundred students; it's very difficult to accommodate that many students. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. 
So what are some major current things that are happening in the field and how has COVID and the whole pandemic affected the field of forensic science? Well, I don't think we quite know yet um, what the answer to that is. Um, most laboratories were operational during the major shutdown period. Um, if there's any effects of COVID on forensic science, they're likely to be the same kinds of things that you would see at other other sorts of occupations. So there might be more opportunity, and particularly because you know everything is connected digitally. There may be more opportunities for, for employees to work a day or so a week at home, um, which may not necessarily have been the case before COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the, the work continues, and um, you're not going to be able to do that remotely. There might be paperwork you can do and, you know, case management that you can do. Uh, digitally, but being in the laboratory, you just can't take evidence. Can't take out. Take can't take, take, can't take evidence. <laughs> um, as far as um, you know, new things in the field, um, there there is a gap. There always has been a gap between research and implementation, but. Um, we, we do see, for instance, in the last few years, the advent of, you know, software packages that can really provide statistical analysis of DNA mixtures. Mm. Um, and this is something that I think most labs are now using. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think that that's kind of a, a major advancement. And, and by all indications that I've seen, at least it does seem to be reliable and reproducible and mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a, a major step forward mm -hmm. uh, there's always changes in instrumentation I'm not always sure that the changes in instrumentation are always necessary um, but those things happen as well mm -hmm. um, you know I mean certain things like familial DNA analysis um, which could be controversial at least in some circles um, is something that more and more states are doing as well. Mm -hmm. So the field will continue to progress. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see the impact of like the rise of crime shows and the public's interest in TV forensics and how that will uh, add to, to people interested in the field of forensics because I think that's... Well, I mean, it's interesting. Some already. 20 years after the first show was, was put on TV, um, I think that most students get interested, particularly undergraduates, get interested in forensic science because of something in the popular culture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I forensic files used to be done here in the Valley, and the person who produced that um, turned down the, the first CSI right? and he turned it down because he didn't think anybody would be interested in it <laughs> and I, mean, I, I don't think any of us at the time really thought anybody would be interested in it mm -hmm. you know? um, but you know I, I, I never really spent any time watching these things not because that I you know not gonna, you're not gonna let, not like one of these people says, "Oh, look at that! They're doing it all wrong," kind of thing. It's nothing like that. I just don't have it 
general interest in, in watching TV shows to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that seems to have, um, still seems to be the catalyst for the development of interest mm-hmm. um, for a lot of young people wanting to, you know, study forensic science. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to somebody who's interested in forensic science or thinking that this might be a field for them? Well, I, I think the thing is, first, it, you, you have to understand that the scientific backbone that goes into this. There are certainly nuanced things that you have to know about. And one of the things that I always found interesting about forensic science is that I think it's a good career for people who are interested in many different things. Um, I've always found law to be interesting, and I particularly constitutional law to be really interesting. Um, not that you have to know much constitutional law to be a forensic scientist, but um, there are things that happen in the judiciary that affect what happens in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, you may go back as far as, you know, um, discovery of evidence, you know, under, you know, Brady versus Maryland and um, the role that, that scientists play in expert testimony as, you know, in, in cases within the last 15 years, like Melendez-Diaz in Massachusetts. And, and, and so I, I think if you're interested in a lot of different things, this, is, this really is a kind of discipline that pulls a lot of things together. And, you know, you work with not only scientists, you know, you work with the police and you work with the attorneys and the judicial system and um, I think it makes for something really interesting but I, I, I think primarily though um, you will gauge your real interest in this field by how interested you are in science to begin with mm-hmm. um, you know a good question I always have for you know, an incoming student, you know, they, they have a certain romanticized view of what forensic science is. Um, but if you ask them, it's like, you know, would, would you ever consider, I mean, not saying you would do it, but would you consider majoring chemistry or biochemistry? And if the answer to that is absolutely not, then you're, you're probably not going to ultimately be all that interested in forensic science. Although, you know, you may be interested in the application, some of the other aspects, you still um, need to know these things. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, kind of the rubber meets the road. And, and you know, if, if you're just simply not interested in aspects of science, and you know, people have things that they're more interested in or others, and that's fine, but I mean, you have a just a general interest in science. How things work. Yeah, and you know, it, it's like you know the, you know the, the, the maybe the most important quality of, of a scientist is is being curious. Um, you know that doesn't change in forensics. So, you know, I, I think students quickly learn. You know, all these things are are connected, um, and 
you know, that's what makes it challenging. That's what also makes it interesting. Um, but I think students f- quickly figure out what they're interested in and what they're really not interested in. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you, you can never underestimate the role that interest plays in in student success. I, I you know, that you, you have these... And I understand that there are students who are better prepared academically than others. But I think that if you're truly someone who's truly interested, um, I think you'll find a way to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about forensics? No, it's It's... It's a challenging field on many levels. Um, it, it's, you know, technology rapidly changes. And not only that, um, the oversight in this field is rapidly changing. And there's always new rules. And the thing about it is you know, you have to really pay attention to what is happening. It's very easy, you know, to go work someplace and then kind of work, you know, 40 hours a week and not pay attention beyond that. But if you, you, if you just do that, you're going to find yourself behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you find yourself behind, I think you're going to find yourself to be far less valuable to employers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it, it is something, it is the kind of thing, and I, I suspect, you know, medicine is like this, and you know, maybe most things are like this, you know, you, you always have to be aware of what is coming. Um, so, um, it really isn't a job, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a career, and you, you need to be able to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Great. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Frankie's Falcons. We hope you learned something and that you'll come back and try out another major soon.